Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Your guide on the side. Your relationship coach. Joined today with Skyboy Hansen, the uh, poster child to the workout insanity. <laughs> He's joining us today, as is our own Bryce Lamar Tobin. Still don't have that middle name, do we? Nope. If I can help it. I'm going to make it up till we get it. And, of course, the great Colonel Sanders is joining us. Folks, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Today on the program, of course, we're going to give you tools, ideas, you know, everything you need to, as Skyboy calls it, get a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Right, Sky? I thought it meant get a leg cramp. Speaking of leg cramps, tell us about your uh, workout yesterday in the pool. Um, I got a lot of leg cramps. That's funny because <laughs> uh, you were in a three-foot deep pool. Yeah, three foot. Why deep. were your legs so? All the sore? kids kept kicking me. Did they? Yeah, you were scuba trying to swim diving. Laps you were scuba kept... diving with Bryce. I scuba diving with Bryce. Yeah, and you started cramping. I started cramping. What's that about? Um, that, by the way, somebody's not in shape. <laughs> so I know it's hard to tell by looking at me. You well, know? no, you. But I, I don't exercise that often. Oh, really? While I'm in school. Okay, tell me about this. Um, it's just, I, just hard I to find time. every day. Yeah. Yep. Exercise your mouth. <laughs> okay, that was rude. That anyway, really rude. Anyway, so I did a workout in the morning because my class got canceled. So I what, had a couple was it Pilates. What was it today? What was the workout yesterday? I mean, um, it was I did insanity. Insanity. Yeah. Was it insane? It was so insane, Matt. Okay. So you were tired already. So so I did a workout, um, which I don't, which has, which right. you know, it's been a m- month or so. Well, plus you came to the show yesterday, and you you actually were awake. I was awake. So that was like two workouts. Two workouts. Yeah, and then we go to the pool, and we had to do swimming tests and treading water, which I never swim. We what? had to do. Hold on, you're taking a scuba class. Scuba class, and you never swim. I never. Like do laps. Okay, yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, there is. So we had to do eight laps, and I don't know if I've ever done two laps in my life. I've never been in no. swimming like Did that. Did you have your tank on your back? No. Okay. It was just regular just swimming. swim time. And then we had to, right after that, we had to tread water for 10 minutes, uh, which yeah. I never do either. Yeah. And so I was really tired, and- my legs. Then when we went down and did like tests underwater, we like kneel at the bottom of the pool and they yeah. like have us do things. I think prayer. Yeah, the prayer. when you have cramps, it's better to straighten your leg out and straighten it. But yeah. since they were bent. Yeah, you couldn't. And, and then we had to like take our weights off. And so I was like trying to exert extra effort to keep myself at the bottom uh-huh. of the pool instead of floating up. You had a big day. Well, I'm just saying that that led to the cramps. Okay. And so then my legs started cramping underwater. And Tell us about Wendy's. Uh, we had Wendy's right before we did our swimming workout. Do you think that had anything to do with the cramping? Um, let me put it to you this way. We both we, – we did our swimming. We got up and we're like, oh, boy, that was a lot of swimming. That was difficult. And then we tread water. We got up we're like, oh, I'm dizzy. Oh, I'm dizzy. And they were given directions and stuff. We were just over in the corner. We were just like, oh, what did they say? They're like, oh, we, we need you to, How's we need that to get pretzel in the, burger sitting right? there? So they're like, okay, you get it, get in the water, but like, like fill up your tank and then like yeah. put it in and then put it on. We're like, I don't know how to do this. I I can't. My brain doesn't work. Oh, you're good buddies. That's a great team right there. I thought I was going to throw up my Wendy's. Did you really? Yeah. You know what? I would never want to be in a class with you two. I'm not sure if you're good buddies. Because good buddies wouldn't let each other eat Wendy's. We're scuba buddies for the buddy system. I know. That's why I'm saying. One of you is going to die. The minute you guys actually go out in real water... 
not in a not in a kiddie pool. Like like if he were if we were down in the water and he like gave dead. me the like oh, I'm yeah. out of air. I'm sign, out of air. I'd start say. like scooting away yeah. from him. Yeah. I would Look absolutely do that. I think he's I'd, I'd hold something. out the other regulator yeah. and be like, Hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, come, come on, on, pal, come on, <laughs> come and get it. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't swim together like in the in the ocean. I wouldn't if I were you guys. Just I'm telling you as a professional. That's your doctoral opinion. Yeah, that's my doctoral opinion. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, and I know you both. I personally wouldn't even be in the same ocean as you two because someone's either going to get sick, someone's going to cramp, something's going to go down. Just don't eat Wendy's before you go. Is that the moral of the story? And don't do a bunch of laps and tread water and insanity, and you'll be fine. Okay, so here's the test. You ready? I'm going to give you a test, Skyboy. Okay. And we might be able to bring you on, in on this, Bryce. Um, today's show, I'm not going to tell you the topic, but this is part of the test. So when you came home... Last night, after all of this near-death <laughs> experience, um, where, did you go? Did you see anybody? Did you date? Did you? I mean, go on a date or anything? Did you see any cute not last girls? Night. Not last night. Not last night. Did you see friends? Did you see? I saw my roommates. Did you act like, hey, no big deal? Hey, I mean, I just did insanity. No big deal. Did you act like you were like it was no big deal? Because now you're telling the Honest, story. Honestly, that you almost I, died. Yeah. But like, well, so if somebody came up and said, say, so, hey, is, I mean, is insanity that insane? What would you say? Um, I think, well, you can take a lot of breaks, which I do. Okay. <laughs> then it's not as insane. Okay. If you go, if you do everything they tell you to do and you haven't exercised for a long time, it's really it's hard. Insane. My yeah. son did it and he got sick. Yeah. The it, first time I did it, I yeah. ate a quarter of a gallon of ice cream right before. Oh, man. And I threw up halfway through. Yummy. Creamies. Um, because that's, <laughs> this is the test. Okay. Bryce. Did you see anybody last night? Not really. You didn't see your friend, Felicity? Uh, no, it was our class got out at like ten. Oh, was it a day? It was a night off. Well, it was more like it's ten. I'm. I know, but see again, <laughs> see that's messed up. No, no. When I, I was your age, I would go anywhere where the girls were, even if it was I don't know. Even when they're asleep, that's that's how you get well, restraining no, that's orders, creepy. Matt. That's totally creepy. <laughs> okay, let's say that you did get to see Felicity last night. And she said, how was scuba? She goes, do you ever get tired doing scuba? I would have been like, yeah, I almost threw up. <laughs> okay, so you'd be honest. I would, yeah. You wouldn't try to just be manly? No. Yeah, see, I would have lied. No, because then she'd hit me and be like, yeah, you're not manly. I'd I would have said, like, you're right. You want Wendy's? Let's go get Wendy's. <laughs> so I guess that's a lie. So if I don't feel manly, should I admit to not being manly? Sure. I, yeah. I, Do you ever yeah. admit to not being manly, Skyboy? I did tell my roommates that my legs were cramping really hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, this isn't working simply because I guess you're not man. You're not manly man, manly mans. Because I would have said, I would have never told my roommates my legs were aching. You, Matt, Matt, you never had roommates. That's true. You're just prideful. I'm prideful. You're prideful. Well, I, I don't also, know if that's a good thing. I also wouldn't ask my roommates to massage my hammies. Didn't ask them to do that. You just said my legs hurt. Just the calves. Were you whimpering? <laughs> uh, I did sit down. I sat down at the piano and played a little bit. Did you? And I forgot that my legs were like cramped and I stood up and it was cramped again and I almost fell down. I've fallen. <laughs> I was like, ah. I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> Today on the show, we're talking about uh, integrity, honesty. Do you say, do you have integrity? Do you really show integrity in even the littlest things? So like, let's say... Let's say you, um, you, somebody brought you food, 
hypothetically. Oh, now we're listening. So somebody brings you like food. Like Meg Conley. Like Meg she's Conley cool. yesterday. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you get, yeah. you got one? I got one. Yeah. Maybe that's part of cramping. Before you Had go. that and Wendy's. Yeah. That was really good. So let's say that Meg brings you some food and um, let's say you actually didn't like it. What do you say? And she says, so did you guys like it? I mean, did this, you like this it? This is hypothetical, it's right? totally hypothetical because they loved I, it. And we all loved it. It's been quite rare that there's been food I yeah. no, this is, didn't this, want. Yeah, no, just just for everybody, this is this is made up. If If it's somebody I don't know extremely well. What do you say? I say, yes, I enjoyed it. Really? What was your favorite part about it? Make something up. See, then you keep lying. <laughs> yeah. So you would lie to just... That's like saying, does this dress make me look fat? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> you, you never tell him it makes no, but you look can't. fat. Let's, let, but let's talk about it, because I wanted to talk about that dress you're wearing for an hour. <laughs> you think it yeah. looks, you mean, makes, I don't think it makes you look fat. I think your fat makes you look fat. Wow. Just kidding. Um, you're, you're fit as a fiddle. <laughs> Here's the question, then. So should you show integrity... And how do you know if I should lie here? And are there any? I thought you shouldn't lie. Sky? I think, well, okay, I think it's the lesser of, I think it's like, which is the greater sin? Telling, tell, telling someone that you don't like their food and making them feel bad mm. because that would make them feel bad. Or lying, making yourself maybe feel a little bad, but making them feel good. Okay. There's always something good about the food there's even if the whole food was bad i mean maybe it was the worst maybe it looks cool it wasn't burnt but it had the most delicious cheese layer on top of it the cheese layer on this is that's not cheese in advertising isn't that called weasel words or weasel wording where they're like it's the fastest this and you're like the fastest i don't think it's the fastest well it's the fastest in terms of blah 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 the fastest casserole i've ever eaten So integrity don't do you think we kind of just we it seems like we're fudging a little bit it seems like on the we're always kind of on the edge there not necessarily telling all of the truth I live my life on the edge Matt yeah you sure do <laughs> Mr Crampin in the <laughs> scuba class <laughs> that is pretty edgy yeah and then coming home my calves hurt so bad <laughs> I cannot feel my feet um, so what do you think should we I mean integrity we talk about it. I mean, I do it all the time. You guys don't do it, but I do it all the time where, how was your day? Great. Great. How you doing, Matt? Excellent. Never better. Never better. But you're done. You're tired. Is that a lie? Hmm? I guess in the definition of a lie, yes. That's a huge American lie I never realized because there's only one answer. How's it going? Good? Good. Even if you're having a terrible day, how's it going? Poorly. Horrible. What do you say? See, that's the question. We're going to have to ask the expert today. But Bryce? Well, I was just thinking, what are they asking? Are they actually asking how I'm doing? Do they really want to? Well, they use the words. Well, do they, though? But do they really want to know is the deal. Do they? So are we greeting each other? Maybe the question's what's dishonest. Maybe Maybe. the question, maybe the asker is the dishonest one. That's right. See? And then you can be dishonest because they're dishonest, yeah. and then it doesn't matter. Okay, here, <laughs> useless. Here's another scenario. I have a friend who she is on a diet with her whole family. They're all on a diet. Everyone's on a diet, or so they say. And um, you know the the wife of the diet who you know she's she's on the diet, but she seems to have her own version of it. Because somebody offered her 
uh, a brownie, and she took the brownie. She's on a diet. No calories. You shouldn't have any sugar was, on, was part of the diet. And she took the brownie and alamoded it. I don't know if that's a word. But she – Alamodified. She ala- Ice cream mode activated. She alamoded it. She alamodified it and ate the whole thing and then chalked it up to just having a bite. I just had a bite of it. Somebody called her on it. Mom, you ate that whole thing. She said, I just had a bite. Could have been a really, really big bite. She got a huge bite. Put it all in and – She called it a bite. Now, is she lying? Well, 16 by 9 serving pans are uh, serving size two and a half, right? What are you talking about? The, the, oh, the, the brown, for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, six, yeah. 16 by 9 Is pan. that a bite? What constitutes a bite? Um, about a third, third of, of that little. pan. Wow. She lacks integrity. Boom. But who cares? Because it's just her diet, right? I'm sure the rest of the family cares. She then dared to ask one of the girls if they were counting their calories. You guys got your calories entered in? Ah, lack of integrity and hypocrisy. And the kids are like, oh, yeah, good job, Mom, you brownie thief. She pulls her phone out. Okay, so I had two bites of brownie, 20 calories. What's the harm? What's the harm? Who cares? It's my diet. It's my gut. Leave me alone. She's an app liar. The apps know. See, that's why we like apps, because apps don't care. They don't judge us. But our kids do. Integrity, that's the show. We're talking about it. Sky, we're doing this for you, brother. Thanks. You call them abs? <laughs> you call them hernias. We call them six hernias. You can tell yourself all day long those are abs. No. Hernias. Someday it's going to kill you. One's going to get pinched off. You're going to get infected. <laughs> Did your mom talk about yet this? Did she hear I about that? I actually didn't tell her. She, didn't, she doesn't know about the hernias? She doesn't know about the hernias. Did the lady at the swimming pool that was watching you guys swim... Did she say anything about your hernias? He had a wetsuit on. Wow. You didn't see him bulging through? It was cold. Was it? We're talking integrity on the show, folks. Uh, Do you feel like you have integrity? And what are we trying to show integrity to? This is a big deal because this is where we can kind of get into the situational ethics model where it just depends on, I guess, who we're talking to. And maybe we don't need to really always be honest. I mean, I guess it just depends on really what our goal is. And what are we really being honest to or for? Hmm. We're talking about it all today on the show. And in the meantime, we're going to help Skyboy, which is always our goal on the show. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about integrity. Does it really matter? And what are we really showing integrity to? To what our mom and dad taught us, as if that's always right? Is that what it is? Or are we showing integrity to something else? That's what we're going to get into today. Dr. John Brailsford is going to be joining us as well. And uh, before we do that, we're going to go to uh, Dr. Bryce Tobin, Doctor of Love. Hold on. If I'm a doctor, you better start paying me like a doctor. Dr. Bryce Tobin, the Doctor of Love, with his new uh, girlfriend, Felicitaciones. What's her name? It's very Latin. You're giving me an... You have yet to give me the name. Um... Let's let's go with what you what, what was call, that word? You know what? Let's go with integrity today. Uh, no, I don't know. No, with your girlfriend integrity. I'll still give you the name Matt for food for a dinner. You take me out to dinner, I'll give you the name. Sold. 
Do you, no. Are you okay with a dollar you, menu? No, no, no. You better, are you okay with you Wendy's dollar get, menu? You better get that meal first. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to get the meal first. Okay. Yeah. Then, once okay. once the tip I'll, is paid and we're out, I'll, I'll pay it off. Name. Okay, we can do this. And, and the best part is you don't actually have to give the real name. Just say Barbara and you're done. <laughs> oh, great. I'll give the real see, name. Back to integrity. integrity. Back you see that? to integrity. But then yeah. again, I don't really care about this situation having integrity because I have conflict of interest. No, on my having part. integrity. Integrity is your girlfriend's name. Oh, sorry. You're right. You can't have integrity. She's already there. She, okay. He already hey. has her. Ish. Ish. Okay. okay. Getting there. Uh, so here's the deal, Bryce. Apparently, a lack of integrity ticks you off. Is that true? Oh, indeed it does. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. There's this gorilla. Her name is Coco. She's the one that knows all the sign language. Well, one morning, the researchers arrived at work and found that the sink in Coco's pen had been torn from the wall. When asked what happened, Coco signed that her kitten did it. I'm going to say that's a questionable story. Then again, cats are jerks, so I wouldn't put it past them. But when the news broke out, everyone started losing their mind that an animal figured out how to lie and blame something else. When I found out, all I could think about was how she'd shattered her integrity. Now how can you trust a single word from her hands? So this got me thinking. Here's two examples that make me question a person's integrity. And it just so happens they're also things that bother me to no feasible end. There's overcommitting. I can comprehend the logic behind this. It's utterly selfish, but I'll get to that later. Let's use my work as an example. We have a lot of shows going on. And all the producers are always looking for a little help here and there. They also know I don't really have to be anywhere before Matt's show starts. So they'll often ask me to contribute to their shows. I don't mind. But it would be super easy to overcommit. So here's the thought process. It's good to do good things, right? So if I do more good things, then that's better, right? Okay, now let's reel this back into the real world. This actually never goes as planned. What happens is, I agree to work on eight shows. And then I realize that six of them don't seem all that appealing or they look like they'll require hard work. So I hang on to the two easy fun ones and then at the last minute tell the other six shows that I won't be able to help out and then I leave them high and dry at the last minute or maybe I'll just underperform on those six shows when people do this to me it infuriates me not only is it incredibly inconsiderate the attitude is what really gets to me as if I'm just supposed to understand and not complain because you're doing something else that's good for you yeah that's nice but what about me Yeah, this is one of the easiest ways to solidify yourself in my mind as someone who lacks integrity. Another easy way to make yourself look bad is by overscheduling socially. I like to plan things. I don't mind the occasional spontaneous activity, but I'm one to figure out my weekend by Tuesday. Unfortunately, this planning also involves other humans, a species that I have found to have a lot less integrity than they'd like you to think. So we all figure out what we're going to do, and then Friday I'll get a call that so-and-so won't be able to make it. Whatever, things happen. But when they post pictures about how much fun they had doing some other activity on Saturday, at the same time me and other people were doing something else, yeah, that'll also stick you on the lax integrity, throw tomatoes at them next time you see them list. The solution is simple though. Just do what you say you're going to do and don't lie to me because you're not that good at it and I watch lots of cop dramas. I know how to piece together incriminating evidence. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Well, let's start with Coco. Coco's a gorilla. Coco is a gorilla. And Coco the gorilla has a cat. I think in her lifetime, she's had three. Did she three break cats. the cats like she did the sink? No, no, it's actually, one of them's a sad story. Do you want me to tell it? Is it not if I'm going to cry. Um, it's, well, cat, the, num- cat number one escaped the pen and tried to cross the road and it didn't work. 
Ooh. Why did the cat cross the road? To escape from its gorilla owner? <laughs> no. If you were a gorilla owner, if, you were, if your owner was a gorilla, you'd want to escape. So the, you're telling me that a gorilla named Coco yes. lied and blamed a cat. Well, attempted to. Okay. Um, I mean, she didn't really have a good argument to begin yeah. with. Not a whole lot of evidence. So apparently this is a natural process. Because <laughs> my kids blame everything on everyone else. They always blame it on the little one. I think it started with Adam and Eve. Oh, I've heard this before. Go for it, Don't man. you think? I've they, heard this. Eve blamed... No, Adam blamed Eve, right? Eve blamed... No, no, no. It was... It was uh, I didn't do it. You... I was like, hey, what happened here? And Eve is like, oh, well, this and this happened. And then he looks at Adam and Adam's like, the woman thou gavest me. Yeah. Um, See? See? Her. She then blames the serpent that right. beguiles her, and the serpent blames God. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Blaming everybody. Lack of integrity right there. All right, just take responsibility, guys. And you brought up overcommitting and underdelivering because I'm glad you brought that up because all the other shows have been talking to me about you <laughs> and how, man, we ask him and he always says yes, but so maybe one of the keys to being able to have integrity is you got to say no, but you keep saying yes. Why? Why? Because some shows just seem so interesting. Actually, it's so that I can hold favors over them so I can get them to do things for me. You want power. Absolutely. How about you don't want to look stupid? Does that bother you? Bother uh, you at all? No, that's fine. That's probably not it. I do go on live radio, so I mean, you know, looking looking dumb every now and then. Um, I think it's an interesting little dilemma you have because you want to please people. So maybe sometimes we become yes people because we're trying to please everybody. But in reality, we just end up ticking them off. And then you get mad like you were talking about. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I... Saying yes to one thing or doing one thing right, I think, is better than doing 10 things poorly. Hmm. I agree. I think in all situations. What do you think, Sky? That's a better way to do it. Well, I think if I do Matt's show right one time, I can slack off 10 other times. I agree. I agree. Matt, and then, thoughts? So just every 11 wow. shows, I'll you do know, one well. But, you know, it's interesting because that explains a lot. Anything? <laughs> Because I've noticed you're, I've noticed it, but I haven't noticed. And did I not have integrity to say something? You you pointed out a lot. Do I? Yeah. Because today so you're you, actually quite. You're very wide awake, really. Very wide awake, which is amazing considering your calf attack. Leg yeah. cramps will keep you up. Yeah. We had something else we were going to bring up about integrity. Do you guys remember? I said well, let's bring that up because that was really important. I remember, but I'm not going to. What was it about? It was about me, so I don't want. What about you? What was it? It was about. Um, Something that I have to do. Oh, that's right. <laughs> His paper. So he has a paper due. Skyboy has a paper. If anyone wants to help him, he has a he has a book Please he needs call. to read. Can I see the book really fast? He has a book he needs to read. It's called it sounds like a fascinating read. Meditations on First Philosophy with selections from the objections and replies. Oh yeah. I've read the part with just the objections, the replies I've never gotten to. It sounds like a great book. Um, it's about it's from Descartes. Is that I said that with a Spanish accent. My teacher says Descartes. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's technically Descartes, but I, think it's I don't know. Desperado. 120-ish pages. Have you started reading this? I read a couple pages. Okay, so you're two pages into a 120-page yeah. I don't book. think I have to read the replies and objections. No, though. no, no. Just the meditations. Okay, just the okay. meditations. So okay. what is that, 100 pages or so? It's like 60. Uh-huh. And you're going to read it, right? And um, you then have to write a review of the book. Yeah. Which, how hard could it be to read 60, 70, 80 pages of philosophy? <laughs> 
But it's not due probably for weeks, right? When's it's it due? Due Friday. It's due Friday. Friday. So how are you going to possibly read seventy-ish <laughs> pages of meditations? I know. And then I know. How do you I know, know how? How, how would how would you hypothetically? Uh, he's not going to. Well, then he would get an F. How are you know. not going to get an F? I don't F? know, Matt. I can't tell you how many times I haven't done the reading, and I have I gotten know, Matt, something very different than an well, F. How, it is time to go to how break. How can you get we a grade on something? It doesn't make sense, because how We're do you We're going over grade? time, Matt. You have a strict schedule that you need to stand by. Oh, wow. <laughs> Integrity. Double-edged Integrity. Story. We're checking in on you Friday, dog. <laughs> We're going to find out if Skyboy actually read the 60 pages. Or if you found some other magical way, <laughs> a magical nymph that just gives him the answers. Hmm. You wouldn't do it. I trust you. I'm looking in your eyes. You wouldn't do it. We're talking integrity here on the Matt Townsend Show today. Do you have integrity? Are you living with integrity? And by the way, what does it even mean? And what are we showing integrity to? Is it just the stuff we think we believe, we know we believe? How do we know what our core values are? Dr. John Brailsford will be joining us. He's going to help us with integrity and intention. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Awesome show uh, lined up for you here. Just a little update on Skyboy's predicament. Um, you know, Sky's trying to read about 70, 80 pages of philosophy, get a report done within the next two days. He's stumped. You know, how do you do it if you haven't already started reading? Somebody threw out the idea, well, maybe there's a Cliff Note version of the book. And, uh, you know, we were all wondering because it's kind of a it's a random book. They don't have cliff notes for everything. And Sky quickly corrected us. Oh, yeah, there's a cliff book, cliff note book. Right, Sky? Yeah, there is. <laughs> now, how did you know that? I mean, you haven't even had time to read it. How would you know? Well, that there's this, a- this is what I do. I always read the spark notes and cliff notes first. OK, just so I know what I'm getting into. And then I read everything else. So I really go above and beyond. Okay. See, do you hear that, Doc? I heard it. He's a liar. That's a liar, <laughs> and that is a lack of integrity. He Maybe, doesn't even own the other book. Once. That's right. <laughs> Joining us today is Dr. John Brailsford. He's going to try to. We're trying to do an intervention for Sky here, and his grades. His parents asked us to do it. Um, his grades. We're wondering because you know eventually we're going to try to get Sky to med school. He still has this illusion. That's what we're doing? Well, you still think you're going to go play in a band, but. Your parents and I are working on med school. Okay. So to do that, we need your grades to be high. We need them up there. We need you to understand philosophy. We can't have yeah, you reading philosophy is really important, huh? Totally, especially as a doctor. Yeah. Life, life. is a philosophy. What is life? Um, Dr. John Brailsford is joining us. He has a doctoral degree in family and child sciences from Florida State University. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist since 1999. He currently works at Amber Creek Counseling here in Utah. Here in Sandy, Utah. Here in Sandy, Utah. He served on the Nevada Commission on Mental Health and Developmental Services for six years. He also served on the Southern Nevada Mental Health Advisory Board during that time as well. He uh, is a contributor and comes in and is on the faculty at BYU campus during Education Week. So we appreciate Dr. Brailsford joining us. Really, you're married to Ileana? Is that her name? Ileana. What a pretty name. Valencia. Valencia. That was, Ileana Valencia. So poetic. It's so it? poetic. Brailsford. And then she married Brailsford. I know. That kind of just spun put, it out, didn't it? Put a damper on it. That's cute. <laughs> and four wonderful people. That's your bio. You're, you have, yes. You're the parents are of four people. wonderful people. 
Not children. Not all of them children anymore. But are they uh, grown up now? Uh, half of them are grown up. Are they? The others are adolescents. So, so and you didn't want to say two young, two uh, wonderful adolescents and two adults. Right. I didn't want it's to have kind to go of through and label each of them. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Well, Doctor John, we appreciate you being here. Good um, to be here. We're talking integrity now. Okay, it's a big deal because when I hear the word integrity, it seems like you you have to kind of have integrity to some concept, some purpose, right. some core belief, right? I believe that. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what you're trying to show integrity to? Like, you're trying to be integrated to that concept. Exactly. And so really, where I usually start when, when I'm working with clients or, you know, I'll say, first, we got to understand what we're rooted in, you know, yeah. if, before, you know, or until we do that, what are we, doing? we don't know where we're going. Right. No, right. And, uh, so, you know, if integrity, it comes from that root word that means whole yeah. or complete or perfect, you know, that might be a process and that's, more than yeah. a destination we get to yeah. today. Perfect's hard. Yeah. But within integrity, I think there are many values and principles that, you know, we can adopt as our own yeah. and say, those are what I, that's what I stand for. That's what matters to me. So it seems like, and I don't know if you heard our earlier part of our show where we were talking uh-huh. about... Um, it seems like sometimes this could turn situational where we're like, well, okay, sometimes we show integrity and sometimes we don't, but maybe it's not so situational. It might, maybe it's based on maybe more what our intent is. Like what's our goal? Like are we lying or cheating to hide something versus lying or cheating – not cheating sounds bad – but lying to protect someone or help somebody right. feel better. Yeah, and I think what we're, you know, realizing and I'll add a little twist to this, hopefully it will clarify more than confuse, yeah. but uh I think what we're saying is they are values plural. Uh-huh. It's not like we pick one. Right. And, and sometimes there may even be a little conflict between one or more of them and we might need to prioritize. So some bit. of our values that we have been raised with might even be in conflict with each other. They might. Absolutely. So for example, if let's just say a spouse um, cheats on another spouse, right. and they say to themselves, in order for me to truly make it right, I need to go on the evening news and tell everybody what yeah. happened and apologize yeah. to my spouse. Some might argue that you're not really doing your spouse a favor yeah. in that case. Maybe That's so true, he or she it? might not really yeah. enjoy that part of it. Mm-hmm. And so it, maybe we need to st- stop and realize open and complete honesty to the world yeah. might not be the ideal in that p- specific instance. Because we have other values other than just honesty. Yeah. How like can compassion. I treat, Yeah. Compassion and caring and uh-huh. love and kindness and, and those kinds that. of things. And so when we say, I want to be kind, but I also want to be honest about my wife's dress or her cooking, yeah. you know, we're going to need to be creative in some ways. Yeah. So, and that might take a little inspiration. That, yeah. I, I say that effective living is a combination of integrity and inspiration. You know? Oh, I love that. Though, yeah. Inspiration when, when we run out of ideas. That's you right. know? <laughs> then you look to heaven, right? Exactly. Tell me about, um, because it, I guess, I mean, I, I see it similarly where you're, you're a dad, right? And you mm-hmm. have a value and you, what you want to value is provide, one of your values is to provide the best life you can for your children. Right. You have another value that says you want to be present in their life and you want to be a present human present at their games, present when they're talking and being attentive. Right. Two values, both Mm -hmm. good, starting to battle with each other. So now you're working late, you're killing yourself, you're driving home late, you're missing their games. Mm -hmm. We feel guilty. 
which is usually, I'm assuming, one of the signs of maybe time to work on it, look at it. Sure. And, um, but I'm feeling guilty, but I'm doing what I believe in, yet I still feel guilty for some reason. Well, you're doing some yeah, of what I'm you not, believe but in. But it may not be the right priority. But not all of what you're, you believe in. And, and it, sometimes it would be hard to do all yeah, of right. what you could possibly right. believe in. What, what we're talking about now is balance. Yeah. You know, we're saying, to what extent do I need to really do a little of all of it? And, and maybe effective living is about being sort of a jack of all, you know, yeah. uh, qualities, so yeah. to speak, a, a jack of all attributes. Right. Trying to um, figure, I mean, and, and I guess, too, the key to all of this is you'd have to know what your core values are. And it seems like to me, most people haven't spent that time doing that. Yeah, they haven't clarified. And, you know, I actually, you know, use a lot of fun little things that we do to kind of help people clarify their values. And, you know, one of them we do is, you know, it's kind of heavy, but sometimes we'll say, just write your own eulogy. Yeah, I love that. What would you want said at your funeral if you were to die tomorrow, you know, and you write it yeah. uh, with the idea of what would be ideal? How would I know that I'd really lived a great life? Yeah. What would someone who cares about me say at that time? You know? See, oh, that's so real. And I've, I've done that. And that's so powerful, isn't it? Because it, what powerful. it starts to tell you is whatever you want them to say is they'll almost start listing your values. They will. They'll dad get more into there. values than they will right. accomplish. Yeah. Man, dad could eat. Wow. Is that what you want to say? Yeah, exactly. Dad was the best eater. Do you they remember my dad? Say that. Yeah, he was a very effective eater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like to maybe, you know, yeah. I might need to make some changes so that that yeah. doesn't happen. That's when not it, how I want to be remembered. Is. Exactly. I, I always joke because um, like when, when I have people looking at their marriage and how their marriage starts falling apart, they usually I have them identify things that they're doing that aren't aligned to their values. Mm-hmm. And then I, I always joke. that. So is that what you want said at your funeral? So is what you want said at your funeral is, do you remember how grandma used to swear like a sailor? Right. I love grandma. <laughs> I will miss grandma. Do you remember how dad or grandpa, whenever grandma would start swearing, he would just slam the door and he'd go out in the garage and, and, and just sit and pout. Yeah. They were so inspirational. <laughs> but it's so funny. When you do that, you start thinking, yeah, you know, that's not what I want. You know, you say that in jest, but you know, in some ways that is inspirational because what we're essentially saying is that can someone be flawed? Right. And at the same time, have something amazing about them that yeah. really tra- no, changed my life. Yeah. You know? And so maybe they do have integrity on some values that were really important. Yeah. And maybe on other things, they, they don't. weren't as aligned. But as that's why should. you have to sit and think is what you're saying. You've got to sit down and actually clarify what the core values are. Because otherwise, what are you exercising integrity to? Yeah, you're on automatic pilot. Yeah. And automatic pilot. It's great over the desert. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It hurts when you're entering the valleys yeah. of the mountains. When you're actually flying, it can be nice. It get, give you a little rest. But the, I think when you get into automatic pilot, you go to the inward called instinct. Mm-hmm. And when we get into instinct, you know, unless we're actually being attacked by a bear, right. instinct might come right. in That's handy. That's a good thing. Other, other than that, instinct's going to get us into a lot of trouble. So you call it, though— I guess is that what you call intention is is knowing the intention becoming intentional it, it's connecting ourselves to a core set of beliefs and values that can guide us that we can now use yeah. to to guide our behavior right I mean again it's the foundation well and how else do you decide integrity I mean we just throw that word out there and we joked about it through the first of the show but we throw it out but like trying to decide how you're going to do a book report mm-hmm 
trying to decide how you're going to answer your spouse, trying to decide how you're going to handle your job, you have to know what the core is. Right. And and I you know there are people in this world with an ideology who who say that you know for me to love God I really need to kill a lot of people. Yeah, no totally. And and, and so maybe the problem isn't that they're not devoted. Right. The problem is what they're devoted to. Yeah, their core values maybe aren't. Yeah, we need to tinker with yeah, that. Principled, yeah, per se. Um, it, and, and this is a hard thing. I mean, I look at people all day long that can't manage their time. Mm-hmm. They can't manage a lot of stuff. But a lot of that would still go back to, do you know what your yeses are? It's hard to say. What's the quote? It's easy to say no when you have a deeper yes burning inside. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying sit down. Now, I guess the one way you do it is you sit down and you look at your – you know, you look about how you want people to talk about you at your funeral. What are some other ways you found to kind of point out or help us to identify our core values? Great. Uh, another one is kind of the miracle that happens tomorrow or the magic wand. Oh, yeah. You know, I love the magic wand. If you say, you know, if everything, every obstacle that kept you from living true to your values, that kept you living your, from living your dreams – were to be erased overnight, and when you woke up, you realized you had no financial, no habits, no anything yeah, standing nothing in holding your way. You back. What would your life be like tomorrow? Yeah. And how would it be different than today? Yeah, what would you do? And let them huh. dream a little and let them imagine, you know, how would my life be? You know, what if I didn't have to go to work tomorrow? What if I didn't have to worry about yeah. my, my mother's illness or my, no, my father's uh, addiction? Because what if you would just go sit on the couch and watch TV? That's my, I would do that. <laughs> I'm out of integrity. Not to say that there aren't people who don't yeah. value that. You yeah, know? yeah, that's not a bad value. Uh, well, it, could, <laughs> it may not be the best one, but it, yeah. it's better than I call some, it recreation. some others. Yeah. That's the value. We are talking with Dr. John Brailsford. Um, he, he's helping us try to understand integrity. So ask yourself, do you feel like you know what your core values are? If I asked you to just list them right now for me, just check them off. One to ten, what are your core values? By the way, do you think your kids know what the core values are? Are we trying to just teach our kids integrity without helping them actually understand what the core values are? We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Dr. John Brelsford. And uh, he's going to help us. He's from Amber Creek Counseling right here in Utah. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That's the hoedown music, which means, obviously, we're having fun. Today we're talking integrity with Dr. John Brailsford. He has his Ph.D. in family and child sciences from Florida State University. He's go Knowles. Go, yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. They're, uh, they seem like they're kind of getting it back, aren't they? They're getting that groove thing back. The Seminoles, they, were, they lost it for a bit. They did. They got off track. They did, you know, had a little coaching transition. Yeah, going on. that's what happens. It does. That's why we need you, Dr. John. All right. Dr. John works, uh, he's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Since 1999, he served on the Nevada Commission on Mental Health and Developmental Services for six years. He is the poppy to four wonderful people the dad mm-hmm. and married to Ileana Valencia. And uh, now you're hanging out with us. I am. Poor, poor man. For a little while. For a little bit today. So talk about integrity. So integrity is understanding our core values. That's, you know, having, right. being aligned properly and, and actually being, being so aligned to it that, that we are actually, we feel those values in our lives Absolutely. daily. And that in and of itself is wonderful. However, 
if that's all it is, yeah. it's really not going to make much of a difference. Just a lot of talk. It's a lot of talk it's and a big feel and PR thing. statement. Yeah, it is. It's a motto. <laughs> so tell us, okay, so then so what? now there's the doing. How do we how do we take our values? And I mean, because really, the funny thing about your integrity is it's tested all day long. It is. In every act you do. Sometimes when you don't even realize yeah, it. Yeah. You just thought you were going to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? But then all of a sudden, you know, your kids want to talk. Yeah. Oh. Or they need to talk and they don't come to you. Oh, and but then, Yeah. And you sensed you should you go. You sensed you should go, but you ignored that. And well, because you, anyway. you were just going to go watch TV and you thought they'd come around. Well, yeah, they always do. They know to come around. But they didn't today because they were they hoping don't. you'd come around. Right. Especially, uh, you know when they don't come around? It's when, when they really need to come see, around. See, that's the idea, huh? Exactly. So the rule is if, if, if all of a sudden your kids go quiet, yeah, you should be very afraid. Be aware. Yeah. Get going. Aware go check it out. Sure. Cool. So how, so how do we get the values into the day-to-day? Well, what we got to do, we got to marry values to action. Hmm. And so literally what you know what we'll talk about what I'll talk about with the clients is I'll just say or with my family for yeah. example with my kids so uh, this would be a great thing to do with our own family so everybody sure. driving home right now could be thinking okay this could be a great dinner time activity. absolutely and a family night activity you could say you know let's tonight you know let's do a family mission statement which will include two or three things we really value yep. and the kinds of things we do that represent that well, you know, and, or reflect that. Two ways to do that. You said already. One way, kind of do the idea about what. How do we want our family to be remembered? If we were all taken off the earth today, how would we want to be remembered? Right. And another one is the magic wand. If we had a magic wand and made our life perfect, so we didn't need anything, mm-hmm. how would we treat each other tomorrow? Right. And and those two ideas would start to get us. They'd get they'd get us closer to our values yeah. and, and and get us deeper into our intention. Yeah, great. What, what are we trying to do here? You know, what are we trying to do now? What do we do? That's good. Now, now it gets down, you know, to the nitty gritty, and and that's when we say, what would? So let me pull one out of the sky. Yeah, kindness. Yeah, look like. That's cool. You know, and so I imagine now the thing is in the beginning we don't want to get too complicated, right? Especially if it's a value we want to adopt that didn't come naturally to yeah. us. We, yeah. we, you know, let's just start in slow ways. But we want to say, what, what is something really simple? Literally take me less than five minutes. Hmm. I could do it every day. I could do it multiple times per day, although you don't want to become sort of a Johnny One now. Yeah, yeah. But I could do it multiple times a day if it were useful. And let me make just a little list of those things. And, um, and so what you end up with is, let's say I end up with, with a client, two or three core values that they hadn't really thought about yeah. deeply before. And six or eight really concrete little steps they could take just yeah. to start out, and then we're going to have an experiment. And so between sessions, I just say, let's have a little experiment. Even if it's only one of the things on your list over the entire week before you come back. Right. I want you to just do one of them. I had a client recently who wanted to be kind. She said it comes naturally to me, but I, I get on that automatic pilot yeah, and yeah. I forget you know, to really do it. I feel right. it, but I don't necessarily do it. And she had a friend who had just had a really um, intense illness and um, was really struggling. Hmm. She knew about that through the grapevine. Right. And she said, you know, part of me kind of wanted to reach out to her. It's been a few months, but yeah. I wanted to reach out to her. But she said, I, I just thought I, I'm going to wait for her to come to me. And I said, you know, what do you really want to do? I really want to reach out to her. Yeah. And I said, let's just do that one thing. Just one kind act, and we're not going to make it complicated. Five-minute conversation yeah. on the phone. 
And we, we literally named three sentences she was going to say. If she said more, that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, something to the effect, you know, it's been a long time. I just wanted, you know, I was thinking of you. I've heard you're going through a tough time. If you need anything, give me a call. That's huge. Just that. Yeah. She said it turned into a half-hour conversation. Wow. So next session, she comes yeah. back. Turned into a half-hour conversation. We're going to have lunch the end of the week. And she said, my friend cried on the phone and just thanked me. She just said, that's I really huge. needed someone to call today. See, that's the integrity, huh? And, and that's so the integrity. Even if that's all she did that week, she, she gets to have right. the benefits, the fruits of that activity. She also gets to get rid of... That guilt, that nagging, whatever right. it was that kept saying, are you, are you, so you're not going to do this. What you, exactly. What and she do? had come to me it, she, asking about anxiety. How, do, how can I overcome anxiety? And I asked her, I said, while you're in that phone call, while you're even thinking about making that phone call, while you're in, in the conversations that follow, how are you feeling? Mm. Not anxious, that's for sure. You know, I love that. I'm feeling totally at peace. Yeah. You know? Well, and you made it simple by asking um, – so what would this look like? Like what would the kindness, if kindness was, you know, if I was possessing it, manifesting it in my life, doing it, mm-hmm. what would that, how would that play out? And starting to think about specific things you'd see happening. Right. And in a way, you got to get out of your way and just let it yeah. come to you. Yeah, yeah. And you might come up with things you can go, I never even thought about yeah. doing that. But, you know, I think deep inside, I've yeah. thought to myself, that might be nice to do. I love that. I also love that at the end of the day, kind of doing a review and saying, okay, where today did I see my values in my life? Sure. And so then retroactively, you might be able to go pick up three or four or five or six new things that you did today right. that were aligned to kindness or love or... Absolutely. And and then after that evaluation, you could just say, here's ways I was disconnected from yeah, my values. No, exactly. Here's some behaviors that yeah. I didn't particularly care yeah. for and that weren't aligned. And what could I do instead? Yeah. You know, give yourself alternatives. See, that's... I think it might be better to just be guilty and then eat haagen Because that's <laughs> what know? we do, huh? We get so anxious. <laughs> we get so frustrated. I'll tell you, every once in a while... Then we just stew all night. You know, a nice little... Bolo Hagen Das. Hey, it does the body good, especially if you do it with someone you love. You know, and you can enjoy it together. Hagen Das for everything. So you're basically trying to take your values and operationalize them. You're trying to put them into a process, and it doesn't. Like you're saying, you don't want to complicate it. No, and you know, I love. I got to share you a little quote I brought in today. Share you. Share it. it. Is that from Florida? Is that the Seminole? No, it's not a Seminole. (laughs) I wish she was a Seminole. It was Mother Teresa. I'm sure if she'd have come to America and gone to college, she she would have have been a Seminole. But she made a little comment one time that has always gotten to me, and it says, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. That's huge. That's cool. And that, to me, is almost like a little mission statement. Oh, yeah. Well, what a lot of people don't realize about her, she was horribly depressed. Her, oh, well, her I entire didn't life. Yeah. She would write letters to her cardinal in the Vatican and just say, I don't know if I can get through another day. And he would write these beautiful letters back saying wow. what a wonderful daughter of God she was, what amazing things she was doing. That is amazing. And so what that teaches us is if I get connected enough to my values and I know what to do about it, hmm. I can feel bad and do good anyway. Yeah. It will literally push me through whatever feeling or other obstacle might have gotten in my way. That is huge. I mean, because we all know she's a saint. Right. We yeah, all know exactly. Literally. Now. <laughs> we all know she's amazing. Um, and we, you know, we kind of think that people we think our assumption is that, you know, when God really loves somebody, he just doesn't make their lives hard. Oops. Right. It's not yeah. true. I think there's just always a purpose. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and if she's right, if if uh, he's a loving God, then 
um, even the suffering, yeah. you know, ha- has some a purpose in our life. St. Francis of Assisi had an, another one that was about um, being an instrument right. of peace. So it's interesting. It's seeing yourself as a kind of as a role player. Yeah, or a, a tool. sort of like a conduit. It's mm-hmm. almost like you're allowing, and that's where the inspiration that yeah, I was talking about totally. comes in. Is you're almost it's more of you getting out of the way and letting God work through you, or letting higher power, or Tao, or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah, it, yeah. work through you, touch lives where you're almost along for the ride. And when it gets that's to cool. that point, it becomes almost effortless. Well, yeah, and it's you're kind of being paid as you go, you know. Oh, sure. So it's so it's even though every day is hard for her, it's. She's paid as she goes. And some people would say, how did she do that? And some would say, how could she have lived if she hadn't done that? Oh, yeah. So she, think she, of it. If her she depression served, would have taken oh, up. It might have taken And over the guilt her. and the, this, the fact that she wasn't living this calling that she was called Absolutely. to get. Absolutely. It gave her enough purpose to help maybe ease See, we, we complicate it, don't we? Because we think, okay, it's got to be harder. It's about <laughs> integrity. But it's, her integrity was simply living the mission she was called to live. Right. She doesn't need to live my mission. But if she gets caught up in some other sister's mission, yeah, then it's going to cause more problems. And it was as simple as finding that one dying or injured or sick person out on the street of Calcutta and saying, come here. We'll give you a place. I you love know, that. To stay and that, we'll take care of you. She, uh, she said um, – they said, how do you keep doing that? She says, because every time – I'm not just serving people because every time I see – Every time I'm serving somebody, I see the face of my God right. in their face. Yeah. So that's the inspiration. So she took her purpose and she she created her own way of, you know, reinforcing it every minute, every right. second. The in word I give to that is intuition. Yeah, just this deep knowing that it's I'm huge. aligned with with a higher power. Intention and initiative. So we ha- right. it's not enough to just have integrity. You have to you have to have an intention. Your core values, you also have to take initiative on it. Exactly. We're going to come back with Dr. John Brailsford. Uh, he's joining us from Amber Creek, Creek Counseling here in Utah, and uh, he's teaching us about integrity. Man, man, that's pretty neat. You can feel good about that one. Uh, Mother Teresa, seriously, saint. Amazing. Amazing. We're going to take a break. Come right back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking integrity today. And, uh, Sky, at the end of the show, we're going to have you comment on whether you should go to the Cliff Notes for your book. I mean, again, it's your... I'm telling you, I already went. I've already read them. Now it's time to read the book. It's a done deal. You're such a liar. (laughs) Now you're lying. See, that's the problem, is one lie you have to cover up with another lie. You seem, another you seem to be an expert on this. Do you have and experience? I'm a doctor. <laughs> and you lie? You're a doctor and you're a liar? I'm a doctor who has studied the lying liars from lying people who lie yeah. everywhere. 
Once you're a doctor, no one, right? You know everything, and hey, you never make mistakes. That's right. See, Doctor John knows that. We're joined uh, today by Doctor John Brailsford. You got to go check out his website, Doctor John Brailsford. B R A I L S F O R D. Dot com. Dr. John, John with an H, by the way. Dr. John Brailsford is joining us. It's nothing fancy, but it's home. But it's home, and there's a blog there, and then you can also check him out on Facebook. Twitter. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, At it, Dr. J. Brailsford. Jeez, you've got it all. Instagram, Pinterest. I have some accounts on Are there. You I, need to, I need to get Vine, busy. Are you a Viner? Pinterest, yeah. I focus pretty much on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest, I'm new, but I love that. You really got to try Vine. You know? And then what you could do is just send out little six-second segments. I'll write that down. Uh, but be careful because there's a lot of weird stuff on there. You can get lost in it. I wasn't even going to go to it, but Skyboy's like, you got to go to Vine. You got to. Right, Sky? Uh, yes, that's okay. exactly what happened. <laughs> Thank you. And let's just keep it that way. Um, okay, so Dr. John, yes. um, we're talking integrity, and you've been using these eyes, this kind of alliteration with eyes. The N-words, yeah. The yep. f- integrity, the intention, initiative. So it's not enough to just – you have to know your core values. Then you have to actually make a plan and be acting on it. Be acting, yeah. Okay. Then what? I mean because it seems like you might get bogged down. and It, like, it seems like we, we tend to think of integrity as honesty. Right. You know, the other, the other night uh, I was about to walk into the office to do a therapy session and I realized that there were some boxes in the office I usually use – uh, with pamphlets in them because there had been an event the previous mm-hmm. week and we yeah. had a booth there. Yeah. And so it was filled with boxes. But there was a clean office next to it. And I said to uh, the office manager, I'm going to take them in the office with boxes. And she was mortified. She just said, oh, don't oh, do that. Oh, we don't do please, that. Please don't do that. I said, it's going to be great. It's going to teach something that's really powerful. So just trust me. And she really wanted to go in and clean it. I would not let her. I just said, no, nope, <laughs> you're not going in there. I, th- I'm, I appreciate your willingness to. Yeah. But Can't you got to trust me. You're just not going to do it. And so I took him in, turned the light on, took him in. There were some posters and boxes. I mean, there was no, it wasn't like pizza yeah. on the floor right. or anything like right. that. Right. Not messy that way. It was relatively way. clean. It was relatively clean. And we made our way to the couch and to the chair, and we began talking. And what I shared with them is, is basically our lives can get really cluttered with thoughts and feelings and all kinds of things that can get in our way. Hmm. And really, the only choice we have is to turn on the light and pay attention, you know, if we walk into the dark, if we leave the light off, meaning we're not aware yeah. of what's going on inside yeah. of us and what our actions are, we end up tripping over things. That's and so, or, or tripping. We just end up tripping. And so some of integrity is being aware of really where you are, who you are, what's the junk right. that's getting in the way. And, it's, and once you're aware, you can adjust. Mm-hmm. You know, We need to be willing to adjust and just say, there are boxes in this office today. We need to turn on the light, notice what's changed yeah. so we don't trip. Yeah. You know? And you know, I thought earlier in the show, as you were talking you know, about honesty and integrity, I thought of a scene from Les Miserables. Oh, yeah. And there's a nurse that works for Jean Valjean. Uh, and she... In the book, anyway, not so much in the movie. You don't right. have a lot of time in a movie to do I know, everything. It's hard. Well, there's so many songs. Exactly. And the songs are more important than the story, totally. right? Well, they're more merchandisable. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you're talking merchandise, it's you easier know, to do that. You can stick them on your social media sites and YouTube and stuff <laughs> right. like that. Um, but anyway, her claim to fame, she had never told a lie in really? her entire life. This woman had never told a lie. And in a particular scene, 
when Javert is on the tracks. Yeah. And she knows where they are. Where She lied. She lied to him. That liar. He said, are they here? Where are they? Mm. And she said, they went that away. See, she broke honesty. She broke honesty. But? But boy, did she ever keep love. Yeah. You know, and compassion. Yeah. And that's the example of being, having ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ingenuity is being creative. It's, it's saying. So it sounds like creative lying. No. Yeah. But well, what it is, is it's like being creative to see that there's a million other, there's sure. a, yeah, subterfuge. <laughs> it's like there's other, but there's other options. See, we dichotomize everything like good, right. bad, right, wrong. Yes, no, up, down. And if you do that, the lights are off and you're tripping. Totally. Yeah. yeah then you just go on autopilot. You're falling again. all over yourself. Yeah. Because then you're, you're going to have three conflicts, maybe five or 10. Yeah. And going, I, I don't know how to keep it all straight. I don't know how to. And so I need to really kind of have a hierarchy. I love that. That's ingenuity. Because part of it, I guess, is then get creative or look at. So if anything, it would make you look at your values. So how can I remain true to my honesty commitment? And mm-hmm. how do I remain true to my love? And then the ingenuity will help you find other alternatives. Yeah. I think what you say is, you know, you did, that's why we take the time yeah. to clarify. It's huge. And we say... What is my core value? And honestly, maybe one of them. Yeah. It doesn't have to be yeah. mutually exclusive. You know, 98% yeah. of the time, you, you, honesty and, and any other one isn't going to come in conflict. Well, but there will yeah. be those rare moments. And it seems like love is a pretty good core because sure. it's going to keep you honest yet compassionate. Absolutely. And, and we can also learn skills, yeah. you know, by when, you know, how does this dress look? We can yeah. say, I love that color. Mm-hmm. We really do love the color. The dress in general doesn't look that right. great, but the color is awesome. I, I love. You know what she could have said? She when, didn't ask me to clarify. No, but that was she. she, <laughs> she yeah, don't clarify. She. But when she when he asked her if he knew where she was, she could have just done what my kids do and said, "Huh? What? <laughs> Who? Yeah, you can play ignorant. Yeah, yeah. That, certainly, that's a that's one option. Yeah, Sky does that. Sky's pretty good at that, aren't you? Sky? Huh? Huh? Perfect. See, <laughs> every time. <laughs> Every time. So um, ingenuity, though, uh, and again, I guess you don't want to be – if you if you keep deceiving yourself. So I have a lot of clients right. that, you, that I know have too. big problems. They know they have big problems. Mm-hmm. Their family has big problems, but they never want to go to those boxes. They don't right. even want to pre- – they don't even pretend like they're in the room, even though the boxes have fallen on them and they're crushed. Right. And now we're talking about balance again. So yeah. now we say – on the one hand, I can withhold it from everyone, right. lie to everyone, never share it, mm-hmm. okay? Well, and I don't even need to have to lie. I can just withhold information from people right. who have no nobody business needs knowing. To know. But I could say nobody needs to know when somebody really does need to yeah. know, you know? On the other extreme, I could tell everybody like a loose cannon, and it really does right. more damage than help. And so I need to start saying to myself, who has stewardship here? Who really – who could make a difference and would hold confidences, who has maturity, who's connected to their values? Yeah. Who could, and that's when, you know, an ecclesiastical leader or a parent or, a, you know, a, a good friend who's mature and, and maybe if it involves two people, cares about both of them, yeah. you know, then that's when we reach out. And that's the balance that we, we look for and that's the ingenuity. We so struggle with the balance, don't we? We do. But it's also interesting because it seems like we have parts in us that are designed to help us stay balanced. Somebody just told mm-hmm. me they have a, an inner ear – infection or something and because it's swollen they're losing their balance a lot right so but we as humans we we have like a conscience mm-hmm. that's that's telling us you know what you're 
You're not. You're not. There being, you go. You're not being real here. So, and, and that's where the following the spirit comes. That, that's the intuition. Yeah. Kind of that core seed of inner goodness. Yeah. That's implanted in us from the get go. You know, yeah. and maybe added to you know with as we mature spiritually, but. It's it's in all of us, and I think it's just deeply aware of what would be appropriate in this moment, you know. Hmm. When that comes in handy is especially when I lose contact with everything good that I am or that God is yeah. or, or with what the good in other people too. And then I almost have to fall back to just that deep knowing inside and just – and be willing to follow it even right. if it means doing the opposite of what I feel like. So I really feel like pounding that person. Yeah, I want to crush him. And yet – I am not only going to not pound them, I'm going to be nice. And now we're getting into Sermon on the Mount kind of stuff. Yeah. See, but that – I mean it's funny because that's – in the end, you know, that's kind of where we hear about this. We hear about it through our value system or through our spiritual system. So whatever mm-hmm. your spiritual roots – I've had people sit there and, you know, think – because we're LDS – um, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so the Mormons and everyone think, oh, so you're Mormon? Mm-hmm. But – <laughs> and it's funny. I, I've even ha- I've even heard Mormons hear me say something. They're like, "Well, that's just Mormon. That's just the church." And then I, I said the exact same thing to a Buddhist, and they're like, "That's just Buddha." And then and I'm sitting there thinking, "Huh? So maybe these values that Absolutely. we're all espousing are pretty universal. <laughs> maybe they don't bel- belong to just an entity." And you know, I don't think Jesus cares who we quote. All right. You know, I mean, you just quoted Mother Teresa. I'm sure he on used, BYU absolutely radio. Fine with that. Some right. may have seen the irony. Yes, or we quote Buddha, a Catholic, right? And, I mean, so the irony of this is all roads lead to this goodness. I could find probably five, ten, twenty scriptures that say the exact same no, exactly. thing. But you know, listen, there's someone out there who really loves Mother Teresa, and that touches a oh, heart. I love it. Yeah, and I think in a way, I almost imagine Christ or God almost enjoying, oh, yeah. letting one of us. Don't you think? Shine yeah. a little bit. Well, and again, he's not just going to call a religion home. He's calling his children home. And he if is. you're going to hear it, see, so part of this, it seems like the values, the principles that, that uh, are in our heart, then we get them in our lives. We kind mm-hmm. of, we are clear about what they are. We, we learn to be creative in them so they're not just one dimensional things. Right. And then we let promptings show us the we way. We stay tapped into the source of what's right in the now, like That's what's huge. right as we go. And he could say to us, yeah. or that higher power, that influence could say to us, I know I told you to do it this way, but in this instance, I want you to take it in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. And we may not even know the reasons, right. you know. Right. A lot so, of times you, you just, you'll never know. Exactly. But we need to, all we can do is just be willing. Yeah. You know, that's a good Buddhist concept yeah. of just be willing. Yeah, open. Be willing and open to allow that influence to direct you even when there's a negative part of you that wants to do the opposite. Okay, check this out now. Answer me this. Yep. But what if they're a jerk? <laughs> okay, I mean, I get all that, blah, blah, blah. But what if you're really dealing with a jerk? Then couldn't it be okay to kind of, you know, pop them emotionally, just do something <laughs> because they deserve it. So, you know, God wouldn't want me to just be stepped on. That's true. I, you know, there, there's 
certainly I mean, some I truth be able to, to the fact. I should be able to defend myself to some extent, and I, I agree. So and how so, do you know? How do you know when you're just kind of now justifying your morality or you're actually living your light? You know, I probably thought about this earlier in life than most because I grew up in North Vegas. Well, there you have it. And, uh, <laughs> so every day you got so to when decide. when do you pop somebody yeah. <laughs> was a common question we asked almost every day. That's good. I, I do remember a kid that really terrorized the playground, so to speak, and um, – I do remember an instance. I was a very peaceful kid. I was kind of you were a happy lover. Over. I was a lover, not a fighter. That's it. Good. Uh, I was a I was a funny guy. Yeah. You know, I like just making people yeah. laugh and you having were a, a good comedian. time. I was the comedian, <laughs> the class clown. But I didn't really like to mix it up or anything like that. And what I uh, found was, you know, this kid was terrorizing the neighborhood. And uh, you know, one day after recess, we come in and he pushed me from behind. I turned to my sweet teacher. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Whittison, just a beautiful, wonderful Mrs. lady. Mrs. Whittison, he pushed me. Uh, no, I, all I did is look at her, and this sweet little lady looked at me and nodded in the affirmative, popping. Take him out right now. Take him out right now. <laughs> and I knocked his glasses into his skull. And now we were in fourth grade, yeah. so I don't want What's to make it sound like a devastating. Right. You didn't bust a cap in him. But let me tell you something. That was an awakening for him. He became one of the sweetest guys, a friend to many. You it's know, cool. at least a nice acquaintance to yeah. all. And it was a wake-up call for him. It stopped the terror. Was the teacher arrested? No. <laughs> she was not. I think I heard about her on the um, news. She never said anything about it after that. She never reported me to a soul. And so what I'm saying that's is that's a, there are rare there instances are life lessons, aren't where there? we can stand. And it was even a loving act, yep. I think, to that boy. Yeah. You know? No, I know I could totally. No, I like that. to say that my motives were pure in the moment. Yeah. I was just ticked off. Well, yeah, you know, nobody pushes you, right? So I don't know that it did me much good back then. But in reflection, yeah, I say to myself, you know, I'm glad that she supported me that, and I think it was good for all of us that that happened. I think that's um, that that's the key because your peace can't or really won't ever come from what everyone else does. Right. So even if he hadn't calmed down and become a nice guy, and then he no. took you out to the flagpole and beat you up, in the end, you still would have only had peace living your principles. So There's a time where we need to stand up for our values, yeah. and that may require at least that we get picked on. Yeah. But it might also involve getting beat on. That's right. And, you know, there are times in our lives when... And that's important in marriages and relationships because if you're not... If you're not in integrity, you don't have strength. Right. Things that are out of integrity don't have the strength. Mm-hmm. And sometimes to like leave an abusive spouse takes strength. It does. And so you're saying integrity is really the source of kind of, of the lasting strength. And what seems like it wouldn't be a loving act could very well be what we need to check on is, is that intuition or yeah. emotion. That, that, well, not the emotion, but the, that central spirit that comes from a good source. Huge. Dr. John Brailsford, you did it. Thank you. You did. See how easy that was? Yeah. You made me feel very welcome. Well, that's what we're here for. Uh, Sky wants to know if you brought any food. I got some out in the car. I'll I'll be right back. Okay. Wow. Two days in a row you failed, Don't ever trust a man that pulls food out of his car. You Uh, never know. Actually, to be honest. From Vegas. To have integrity, I'll have to go to the store. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll be right back with some food from Dr. John Brailsford. Go check out his website. DrJohnBrailsford.com. See his blog there. Also, go check him out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Vine, and on every other form of social media. <laughs> In the new He's future. got it all. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking integrity. You know what? Integrity, or a lack thereof, has some pretty high costs. Like, just think. Just think. Our executive producer, Colonel Rob Sanders, is joining us. Rob, just think how much uh, Sky has cost us. Dozens of dollars. Dozens, dozens of dollars. Dozens of dollars for how long I've worked here. Well, you've created a productive value of thousands, but you have cost dozens. <laughs> like, do you remember that one time? Yeah, I remember that one when time. When you pushed a button and shut the whole thing down? Are you talking about the time when you pushed a button and you shouldn't have and like, Can you not hear me? <laughs> or what about that time you said, oh, I need to run and use the bathroom, and you totally did during the show on the clock? Huh? Do you remember that? Do you remember when you fell asleep in the bathroom? On the clock. <laughs> on the clock. And we're like, hey, where's the clock? And they're like, it's under Skyway. <laughs> He's just falling asleep on it. Anyway, uh, apparently it costs money when we lack integrity. Yeah. Scandals. Companies, customers, everybody. Canadian chocolate customers. Really? Oh, customers of Canadian chocolate. So what? there's a chocolate scandal? Yeah. Cadbury, Hershey's, Nestle, Mars, mm. all of Canada, according to the courts. I have a lot of alliteration going on here. Yeah. <laughs> Cost customers $23 million in overcharging and price fixing of chocolate. They were price fixing. They were gouging. The chocolatiers were gouging people. Yeah. That's horrible. So there was a chocolate class action lawsuit. But oh, that sounds yummy. <laughs> Doesn't that sound good, Sky? Yes. I mean, if you're going to have a class action lawsuit, wouldn't you rather have a chocolate class action lawsuit? I'd want cinnamon rolls. Ooh, a Cinnabon class action yeah. lawsuit. Mm. So that costs 30-something billion dollars, million yeah. dollars, $23 million. I'm done with the alliteration on that one. Let's talk about the United States. Banking, J.P. Morgan, with everything they've had yeah. going on internationally, have racked up $1 billion in fines. $1 billion for their alleged... Criminal probes into energy trading, sales of mortgage securities in the U.S., and possible bribery in China. Mm. Investigators are also looking into its role in setting benchmark interest rates known as LIBOR, L-I-B-O-R, which, boy, if you want to dig into some fun finance stuff that starts to get kind of messy. Did did you go digging? I did. I like the chocolate story more than that one. Yeah, $1 billion there. But here's the big one. Does, Does this one involve anything sweet? Not unless cloud computing sweet to you. Not so much. $35 billion could be lost in the uh, potential U.S. Compute, uh, cloud computing market because companies are a little bit scared of the NSA spy scandal. Mm. So the idea with cloud computing is instead of everybody having data on all their computers and in a less efficient way yeah. – you can stack it all into one big computer somewhere far out on a server in some boring building in a warehouse somewhere. That computer can more efficiently process everybody's data, yeah. and it saves money. But do you want your data stored with other people's data? I don't know. What if they like? What if you're storing something with somebody that has corrupt data? It starts sneezing all over your data. It's like a it's like a sick ward. Wouldn't <laughs> you rather have your own room at the hospital than share it with people? So they're saying because we don't trust this industry, 
because we, people don't trust having their stuff out there. It's $35 billion it's costing. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. So they said there's a potential market of $200 billion in the next five years. They're thinking at least uh, a sixth of that, if not more, hmm. will be lost of companies choosing to do business, cloud computing in other businesses or is, businesses doing <clears throat> businesses doing business in other countries – the cloud computing is going to happen regardless, but they don't want to do it in the United States mm. because they don't trust the U.S. spy. Yeah, because we spy. Now, okay, answer me this, Mr. Researcher, Colonel Sanders. Because some of our costs are hidden. Like, let's say, let's say there's a student who has a report due. Okay. The report, the book should have been read months ago. Well, days ago. At least weeks ago, anyway. At least weeks ago. And he hasn't read them. So instead, he has gone to a note called Cliff Note. And he's now – he's basically stealing ideas. And what's the cost of that, Colonel Rob? Hmm. 11 – Quantify that. Million dollars. Think of – Over so, the next five years. And then to think that this guy could be your ear, nose, and throat surgeon. Oh, $17 million over the next this eight years. This is the years. guy. So the guy, the guy that's going to put a cochlear implant into your head – that guy used Cliff Notes. $42 billion <laughs> over the next 30 years. Is all this money coming to the person who's using No, that's using lost Notes? productivity because of you. Oh, so we're talking about me? Oh, yeah. no. I was talking about hypothetical. I thought this was hypothetical. Guy. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> Enough value will be lost in the U.S. economy to have purchased everybody in the country a 3,000-square-foot house Wow. over the next 20 years. Because lost. Because that guy – Because you – didn't read your book. Now wait, it's wait, about wait, you. Now no, no, a... now I just made it about you. Because you are going to cliff note that report. Who said I was going to cliff note it? I thought you said you already did cliff note it. You know what they ought to do? <laughs> Teachers should come up with troll notes, make the site that looks just like cliff notes, but they put all these details wrong. Oh, that would be at funny. The end, so it's like in the, the troll notes version at the end of the Grapes of Wrath, the Jode family got a job that paid them $30,000 a year, and they were happy and bought a house. See, that's not a bad business idea. Troll notes. Troll notes. They're almost legit. Matt, have you ever used Cliff Notes? Who? Cliff Notes. Huh? Have you used Cliff Notes before? Uh, who's Cliff? <laughs> you brought up Cliff Notes today, which means you know about Cliff Notes. I have. Which makes me assume you've used Cliff Notes, <sighs> which then makes me think you're a hypocrite for no. accusing me. Of maybe using Cliff Notes, which I never said I was going to. Look at the tangled web you're weaving right there. Now you're projecting and you're throwing it onto me. Sky. That's what I do. So disappointed. <laughs> Anywho, um, we're here. We're trying to teach you some lessons about integrity. Apparently it's expensive. There's a great quote that says, low trust cultures pay a high tax. Hmm? Low trust cultures pay high taxes. Think about it. Think of all the things we have to do just because we don't trust each other. Insurance, you know, automatic locks on our doors for our cars. We're going to take a break. We're coming back with Dr. Paul Jenkins. He's going to be joining the show. He's going to teach us a little bit more about integrity. Who better to do it than Dr. Paul? This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about integrity today and how you keep the integrity alive. We've talked to Dr. John Brailsford. That was actually a very interesting conversation. We're trying to help Skyboy. i got to get you in here. Dr. Paul Jenkins is joining us. PJ. Did anybody call you PJ? <laughs> it's happened it's, before, It's yes. kind of like the hip. Like That's kind of what the young kids would call. Hey, PJ! PJ! Pass the ball! I have it monogrammed on my PJs. <laughs> now. So, Dr. P, Dr. Paul Jenkins, you can find his website. I'm sure it's just drpauljenkins.com is one of them. That is the one. And uh, are you still using living, Live on Purpose? Live on oh, purpose That's the podcast, yeah. You'd think I'd have that memorized by now. And you can link to that through the main site, too. So just so. go to Dr. Paul Jenkins. Yeah, that's where Or you PJ, for short. Or PJ. So we're trying to help Sky, because Skyboy um, has a little quandary about whether he should use Cliff Notes. For okay. Because he, he's failed to read a 60-, 70-page philosophy book, that's, and he's got a report where he has to report on the entire book. Friday. 60, 70 pages, that sounds like the Cliff It's 120, notes. but he's basically sure that he can get through the 70 pages and close the deal. Uh, I just have to read the meditations part. Which, not, just not that right stuff. there, I'm going to guarantee he can't do it. Because this dude, nobody meditates more than this guy. <laughs> so when you go through this, okay, so Paul, don't worry about that. Um, fill us in. We'll integrity. try to help when you, when you hear integrity, what do you think? Don't name my name. Just, but what do you think? <laughs> There's a picture of you right by the word in the dictionary. <laughs> Integrity to me means that what you say and what actually happens match. Ah. Do they have to? Hmm. And that implies a couple of things, then. It implies be careful about what you say. Totally, right? And it implies, okay, play the game, do get it. in the game. Yeah. Anybody can talk. Yeah. Talk is cheap. That's what they say. Talk the talk, walk the walk. See? Uh, integrity, so, is it? Is is it just like, it just sounds like something your mom would say. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But it almost sounds like we don't know what it is. Well, it's usually associated with honesty. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of people Yeah. We talked about that. And I thought, but it's true because, but, but, it, but you're saying... It's actually more – it's just more about alignment. Alignment, yeah. You're finally doing – your dues, your actions align to what your says, your, your mm-hmm. words. Which implies that you're being careful about your language. And that's mm-hmm. something that I coach people about a lot because we often say things that we don't really mean. Right. All right. Well, especially when we're mad. Right. right. So when someone's been a jerk to you – that seems like when integrity kind of goes out the window. <laughs> right. It's kind of like we get all we turn into like little gumbies, little jellies. Well, I spent Matt. You probably know this, but I I spent about seventeen years of my career doing child custody evaluations yes. for the oh, court. Oh boy, this is yuck work. Oh yeah, because you're trying to decide: do we take kids away from parents, and which child gets the parent in a right. divorce? It's like Solomon's sword. Let's oh, just that's you know, and. What I've found is that that kind of a scenario, that kind of a setting or a circumstance in life tends to bring the worst out in people. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So these otherwise reasonable, rational, mature adults digress to this this heinous, mean, Mm -hmm. um, 
well, how do you describe it other than it's just it's out completely of out of character yeah. for them otherwise, but it brings out the worst in them. So oh, they're yeah. fighting and they're saying these they're nasty, Utah, awful things. There was a murder over oh, yeah. custody evaluation where the mother did not want her son to lose custody and ended up killing the woman. Mm-hmm. The other, the, the 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 mother of the husband ended up killing the mother of the children. Yeah, the grandmother basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because oh of, yeah, and because you do I've get had two cases in my own career where there was a murder. Oh my heavens! In one of these cases, in another one where there was an attempted, it made twenty twenty and everything. The Did guy really? actually hired someone to kill his ex wife. Did you? Were you famous? Were you in it? No, thankfully. They didn't bring the custody evaluator in. <laughs> they never bring the custody evaluator in. But that, I mean, that we just shows you how, that, that shows you how they just, how slippery this gets, huh? Yeah, and our integrity is. And that's just an example because when, when we're under a lot of stress or pressure, that's when, when the values and the integrity just start to melt down. Mm. And people do things that are completely out of character for them. But if it's repeated or if it's something that's not checked, it can become part of how that person actually operates. Okay, now how, okay that's a great – how do you check somebody? Like – because, mm. I mean, that's an interesting thing in your world. You see as a therapist a lot of people that are you know, willfully coming to get checked. Mm-hmm. Then you see others that are supposedly willfully coming to get checked, and then you give them a little checky check and <laughs> say, you're a little off here, and then they just ignore you. And then you. they kind of fire me. Yeah. Right. And they go shop a better one that maybe knows less. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody wants to be told that they're wrong. Right. And we all have this innate attachment to being right. Yeah. And and it's not that we're just attached to it. We know that we are. Yeah. We're like right. a dick. Like, yeah. We don't. Yeah. You know, we've got this clear, crystal clear view of the world. And if everybody saw it the way that we say it, Piece see it, dick. then Life they'd see it correctly as well. And... And so we, this attachment to being right has us, has us violating integrity all the time. So, okay, so help me with that because watch how weird this is. That, mm. uh, we're trying to have integrity mm-hmm. and yet our attachment to being right – so both of those are part of us. Sure. My value system that I want to live mm-hmm. and the distorter, the great distortion that's actually, that's actually creating interference on my ability to live it that mm-hmm. wants to be right. Those are both from me. Those right. are both me. Those yeah. are inside of me, right? Uh-huh. So really, we're fighting our own what? What is it we're fighting when we're out of integrity? We're fighting, we're fighting us. Fight, yeah. So what are the two entities? So the integrity would be, I guess... So if we could get out of our own way, yeah. we'd be able to live with integrity. Well, why on earth would you not naturally get out of your own way to go live integrity? That seems like a no-brainer. You just... Let's just... Because your life will be better... If you're in integrity, you'll have less guilt. You'll have less shame. So what would keep driving yeah. guilt and shame? Something in us. I'm asking you, Doc. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. Okay. You're right about that. When we live with integrity, guilt, shame, those things start to become non-issues. So, which is – I honestly believe half of the psychological problems are this this compounding of these things. Of the guilt and the yeah. shame. and. And the shame or the anticipation of shame yeah. has us so fearful oh. that we don't want to be authentic. Right. It, it's, it's like a belief that I am so inadequate 
that if someone else really knew me, really saw me for who I am, if I had full integrity yeah. and authenticity, they wouldn't like me. They'd blow you up. They'd blow me out of the water. Yeah. They'd see what what an inadequate human being uh-huh. I am, and they will run for the hills. Now, wh- which is crazy because uh, so mm-hmm. the, this see these are all inside of us, aren't they? Every one of these little yeah, drivers. Yeah, because when and we thoughts. try it out, when we actually in a, in a very brave way step forward and be authentic mm-hmm. and have that integrity overwhelmingly the response is positive yeah now there are some out there that will be idiots and say oh well you're bad yeah you know not acknowledging their own flaws and foibles and these people could be your parents right absolutely this, so this could even you could be raised with this deficit of people that and are And what are the parents doing? They're busy feeling inadequate as parents. Right, exactly. And so they want to make sure that their kids are yeah, perfect. And yeah. so they put up this huge pressure to perform and pretend instead yeah. of just reveal and we be authentic. Yeah. We pass it around. It's funny because we're, we're so – that's why integrity is such a cool word, I think, because mm. you're, you're so at odds with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's all this battle, and then when we're out of integrity, we try to make it about everyone else, mm-hmm. right? We're That's where the blame game but starts. But the reality is, is it's you. Mm-hmm. They're your values. And it's okay. Yeah. See, that's the other part. If we can really be okay with our own inadequacies, then it's a lot easier to have that integrity yeah. and be authentic. Sometimes we create rules, though, where you're just, you know, you're not allowed to. Yeah. You can't be imperfect. Right? You got you gotta mm-hmm. get good grades. You need four O's. You gotta be smart. You gotta be clean. You gotta look good. Sit up straight. Yeah, and then it becomes about appearances instead yeah. of who you really are. There's a there's a really great book that came out recently by Brene Brown. It's called Daring Greatly. Hmm. And it's all about this willingness to to be authentic. And to be vulnerable. Now, there's another word we could talk about. Oh, that's scarier. That scares the heck out of us. Yeah. Vulnerability. Because what that's, what that's saying is, I am weak and I acknowledge my weakness in front of you. And that's scary. But how freeing. Oh, man. To just be you. Right. Take me or leave me, whatever. This is who I am. Without that enormous pressure to mm-hmm. try to pretend to be what? I know. So instead we build that facade. Something phony, something fake. Answer mm-hmm. me this, and maybe the vulnerable will help with this. Um, okay, so one way to fix it is I could align my actions to what I believe in life. Mm-hmm. Another way to fix it is I could just adjust my belief set and lower it to adjust to the the way I live my life. So I could actually change my uh, values to fit my life, mm-hmm. or I could change my life to fit my values. What's the harm? But some people do that in a way that violates their integrity. Okay, so because so the values then are part and parcel, they're core to the essence of integrity. I think so. So I can't just because people do it all the time. We just try to oh, shift yeah. the. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay being divorced and having my kids half time. I mean, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Even though for years you've been striving to be this dad that's there and wanting to be there, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you really want to be done, mm-hmm. and you want, you know, I'll see him half time. I mean, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. And we then try to pretend like 
that's okay with us now. Mm-hmm. And then we think we're going to get away with it. But you're saying if core to who you are is to be with that dad with those kids, mm-hmm. you're going to pay. Right. Yeah. And and I think that there is some value. Like you said, there's two approaches. Okay, we change the values, we change the behavior. And it's probably healthy to consider both of those things. But what I'm saying is if if there is a core value that's part of you, part of a fundamental belief system, and you go against that in your behaviors, you will be out of integrity. Yeah. And that will have an impact on your mental health. Yeah. It will have an impact on your relationships. It will impact your behaviors. What are the signs we'll see? The most common ones, I think, are the garden variety mental health concerns that are so prevalent. Depression, Depression. anxiety, stress. Mm -hmm. Inability to focus, Uh inability to complete stuff. And I'm not saying that's the only cause Mm -hmm. of depression. I'm saying it's a very common cause of depression. Isn't it just – it's – it's so real. And, and But again, then we instead just, well, you know, just give them some meds. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, it, I mean, this is really what the cognitive therapists are going to work on, right, is let's make sure we're aligned, right? Let's make sure because right. these feelings are coming from somewhere, not always just chemistry. Right. So we, let's start, let's maybe start figuring out a little bit how you think. First. And you can never be wrong about how you feel. Right. Your feelings are always 100% consistent with your current set of beliefs. Now, you can be dead yeah. wrong about what you believe. Right. You could be way off on that. Well, or, but see, can't some of your feelings be off? Like if I thought it was a real snake, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. I can feel terrified. Yeah. And it's just a joke. Mm-hmm. It's just a joke. Relax. So sometimes we, I guess we can trust our feelings, but some feelings are off. Well, the feeling isn't what's off, though. Yeah. It's what's driving the feeling, and that's the belief. Yeah. So if you believe that the snake is real, it makes total sense totally. to that's feel the fear. perfectly aligned, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, whether snakes are actually dangerous, that's another belief that we could debate. I just heard a huge study. Six to ten deaths in the United States from snakes a year. Six to ten. That's it. Wow. Guess how many deaths in automobiles? Yeah, stay away from those. 35,000. <laughs> right. And yet we're totally fine driving 70 miles an well, hour people, down the freeway. People fear airplanes more than they do cars. Isn't it interesting? And it really, that, I mean, that just shows you how some of this is so just inbred, ingrained, part of your evolution. Yeah, or conditioned mm-hmm. or it, it's part of a, a cultural story yeah. that has no particular basis in reality, oh, yeah. but we just latch onto it and we run with it. If I put you at, at a bench and threw a snake down in front of you, 10 feet away, mm-hmm. you'd have a visceral reaction. <laughs> if I put you in a car going 75 miles an hour, mm-hmm. no big deal. Right. Well, 35,000 die a year in a car. Mm-hmm. Six die from snakes. But it is a condition thing, totally. too. My little neighbor, Cammie, she's eight. Cute. And she found a snake in her garden. Did she? And she convinced, she convinced her grandma to let her keep it in a little terrarium. And she talks about it with the most adoring tones. She loves the I snake. I love snakes, she says. What if it was a rattlesnake? It, well, see, that's why... See, I had a friend... That's why parents condition their children yeah. to be afraid of snakes. Snakes will kill you. Because they can't discern between the yeah. dangerous ones and the non-dangerous right. ones. Well, this one happens to be a very docile... Yeah. It's a loving snake. Yeah, it's a cute snake. 
That doesn't seem right. <laughs> a cute so, snake. So fear is sometimes an adaptive thing, right? Right. But then it keeps us from being, like you were saying earlier, uh, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So some of our these behaviors, we have to overcome kind of our nature to be open, to be vulnerable. Right. Vulnerability implies risk. Yeah. And that just goes against all of our conditioning. Oh, yeah. Fight or flight. It's like, no way. We're not risking. It's like inbred in us to, to protect ourselves from danger. So if yeah. we perceive that danger, of course we're going to avoid it. So if you're sitting there thinking, okay, what's the one thing, Dr. Paul, Dr. Paul Jenkins joining us, what's the mm-hmm. one thing we could do today to improve our ability to get in integrity? Hmm. It's a tough one. The one thing I think, based on what we've discussed here today, yeah. is to face your fears. Huge. Face your fear. Now, that's easily said. Well, yeah. But see, some of the fears might be embarrassment. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to exactly. be looked at wrong. Because that one might keep us from, that's what keeps us hiding stuff. Yeah, and we've been conditioned since we were little kids. Yeah. To avoid those kinds of things and to do everything that we can to make sure we're not in that kind of a position. That's good. But facing your fears, so everything that that implies. And I like Brene Brown's book for that purpose. Yeah. What's the name of the book? It's called Daring Greatly. Daring Greatly. And she did a Brown. TED Talk, too. If you go to TED.com and type in her name, it's B-R-E-N-E, Brene Brown. Daring Greatly. <laughs> and that's, you know, getting the strength to be vulnerable. Is that yeah. what you're saying? To be open. And taking on this vulnerability question head on. I think that's huge. And by the way, tell me that doesn't just unleash a lot of your relationships once you can yeah. get rid of that fear. Well, do you ever see this in your couple's Every counseling? It's huge. I know. It, it, it drives almost. When I mean, we're willing so many. to be authentic and genuine and have integrity, yeah. everything starts to fall into line. Game on. But it scares the heck out of you. <laughs> totally. So, <laughs> Sky, did you learn that? So, if you would just dare to face your lack of preparation. Head on, you'll feel better. Sure, okay. you'll, you'll fail the class. Yeah, but you'll probably be a, won't write a very good paper. But you'll be a better ear, nose, and throat later for it. That's what I want to be—a good ear, nose, and throat. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to convince him to go to med school. There you go. <laughs> but he wants to keep playing that guitar. We're going to yeah. take a break, but see, that's the key. If the guitar is what's calling you, Sky Boy, you keep playing the guitar in that rock and roll band. All right. Sure, your parents will disown you doesn't matter okay go with the go with the rock and roll rock and roll dr paul jenkins thank you go check out his website drpauljenkins.com and you can also uh check out his podcast there he's got a lot of good stuff he's a good man he's going to take a break though we're coming back and i want you dr paul to stay with us okay. we're going to play a game oh sweet i'm going to see games. if you can detect the lie awesome the matt townsend show This is Wait, Wait, Do Tell Me, BYU's totally original program that has nothing to do with uh, anything NPR produces on a Saturday, right? It's called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Wait, 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 Do do Tell tell Me. me. Do Tell Me. Hey, I love this music. This is good. I'm just trying to mirror a program that I'm not ripping off. Good. Way to not rip it off. Hey, the crowd's excited for it, though. This is is our studio audience. It's a good crowd. We need more crowd noise on the show, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guy. 
Anyway, back to you, Colonel Sanders. Okay, so on the show that we are not ripping off, they would tell you uh, two fake stories and one that's real to hmm. see what you can catch. Okay. Ours is totally different. I have two real stories and one that's fake. Okay. Two real, one fake. So it's a chance to test to see if you follow the news. Two real. And it's a chance to test to see if I'm a good liar. Okay. So all we really have to do is find the fake. Find the fake. Okay. Maybe we should have just named it Find the Fake. Nah, it's not as fun. I can't poke fun at, uh, you know, NPR. Anyway, story number one comes from Detroit where um, fans of a 1980s film have used the site Kickstarter to raise enough cash to build an homage to RoboCop, <laughs> a like ten foot tall statue which the city plans to unveil next okay. summer. That's story one. Story number two: the Mile High City might not be Mile High anymore. Denver, Colorado, famous for having an average altitude of almost exactly five thousand two hundred and eighty feet, may lose its claim for, uh, claim to fame because the U.S. Geological Survey is crunching new satellite data that shows some of the old altitude data is faulty, which may put the city's average closer to 5,230 feet shy of the mile-high claim. Almost a mile high. And story number mm-hmm. three, eight Ohio State students living in a house together thought their house was haunted. Weird noises that they decided to check out. They found a hidden door, which was locked. They broke it open, found a hidden ninth roommate, guy who should have left months ago, but instead decided to stay behind hiding in a small room of the house that nobody knew was there. Okay. Two true, one fake. Colonel Paul. We just made you a colonel. You got promoted. Wow. Rob, that's great. I know which one... I know which one are true. See, I'm thinking the bizarrest ones are probably true. Well, just remember, Rob's the one doing this. Exactly. Because he's complicated. So he would complicate it. So the, the, the least complicated story is the most true. And I'm thinking that the mile high thing has got to be true. I, think- I mean fake. I think that's actually probably true because that sounds like something he would love to write. He loves to write it, and it sounds scientific, so he faked it. Okay, you think he faked that? I think the fake was the Ohio State, the stowaway. I think I saw that on the tabloids. So your vote is Ohio State. Even though, you know, in the university, anything can go. But I'm going to go with that. And and I'm going with you faked the whole geological survey thing. Okay, so Matt? Yes, Wrong. Ouch. That was the falling <laughs> piano. If it asks for the Mile High City, that's true. Or, oh, man. It's true. You got it right. Yeah. You I mean, think, I got I think it they're, right? They're, or... they're, yeah. That, that, oh, you that, were thinking that was the fake. That was the fake story. That was the fake story. Was... It is true that it was yeah. fake. That was correct. <laughs> See, that actually... True is not a good word ding, to ding, use. Ding, that makes sense. Here. I should have gone with my gut on that. Yeah. Because that, you could tell Rob was loving that story. It was composed. That yeah. was the only one he actually wrote out. Well, beyond that, I remember driving, uh, if you've ever driven into the Denver city limits, there's a sign that says Denver population, whatever, ele- elevation 5,280. And I thought, you know, at a certain point, you just pick a number. You know, that's more marketing than it is <laughs> right. that it's a number. So do we, we don't have time for the other one. Sign. Right. 
We no, that's it. Is that uh, all you got? Yeah, they, they, the Robocop and the Robocop statue. That's that's true. Well, that, that they are actually yeah, building a statue those to Robocop. Yeah, they do. They actually. Do. I would do it. Yeah, I'm, I've got one out well right done, now for Rob. Skyboy to be a superhero. I want a movie made about you, Sky. You gonna make a statue also? Uh, yeah, a, a statuette. A little statue. It'll be a some form statue. of homage. Yeah, it'll be a homage. This is the Matt Townsend Show, folks. Thanks for the integrity check. Go and do remember, uh, go talk to your family about your values and see if you can't start coming up with the shared values. What does it mean to be a member of your family? What, uh, what are the values you're all talking about? And let's uh, remember, life is good. We hope we can help you see the good in the life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143.